0: There's one game and one game alone being played Sunday at Heinz Field, and it's not Steelers versus Colts, at least not the one that matters. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning and a happy Christmas Eve to everyone such as it is in the calendar year 2020. What a year, huh? What a season for this football team to have reached this point. To go 11 and 0, to lose 3 in a row, to lose in Cincinnati to look very much like they will lose every game they play the rest of the way to Indianapolis, to Cleveland, to whoever is fortunate enough to face them in the first round. What a season. Unlike anything I've seen, I really don't believe that it'll change. I don't think this trajectory for this offense, is correctable. I don't think this trajectory for this quarterback, more importantly, is correctable. But then, that's the game, isn't it? That's where this will all be decided. Not Steelers versus Colts. Ben versus himself you can look at all kinds of different variables that could be affecting his play, that could have pushed him to a level so low, I'm sure I'd never seen him perform the way he did at Paul Brown Stadium. And you can wonder if it's the elbow, the knee, the wear and tear of the arm, the lack of mobility, the just generally being 38. But there's a lot of that that doesn't add up. Because if you really, really take that game apart, and boy, it's not recommended. <laughs> it's not some fun footage. But I've done it. I've done it. Watched it live. Broke it down afterward and then watched it again. And I'm here to share with you my view that this extraordinarily accomplished individual has one problem above all the rest, and that's this. He's in his own head. That might have originated with certain body parts not doing what he's used to having them do. It might even have originated, and I'm not blaming anything else here, but I've thought about this too, with the wide receiver's drops. Remember that the previous week, Ben was on target. He was hitting those guys. He was making good passes. They just weren't catching them. And eventually that unsettles a lot of different things. It still feels like an incompletion to a quarterback. Just because you threw it right, nothing happened. Sticks didn't move, punter came on. It could be any number of things. But when I see Ben back in the pocket, Not with a ton of time, but with at least enough time to make a read or two. Not seeing guys who are wide open, choosing the wrong guy, uh, making spectacularly awful decisions the way he did against the Bengals. My goodness, that terrible defense could have had four picks. Not one. Four in that game if they weren't the Bengals with some of the decisions that he made. He's 38, but he didn't get dumb. His brain didn't deteriorate. He certainly didn't subtract experience and know-how. If anything, you know, he's probably gotten a lot better at it. And you'll recall that earlier this season, when a lot of people, myself included, were praising Ben, as a potential MVP candidate, we were doing so principally because of the decisions that he was making on the field, the way he was using his smarts to pick apart the opponent, the way he was reading off safeties, the way he was exploiting other teams' weaknesses. No, he wasn't heaving bombs then either. And no, there wasn't a whole lot of intermediate-slash-deep anything going on for the Steelers in general. But the quarterback didn't look like he didn't know what he was doing. And that's what we're seeing now. That's what we're seeing now. If you want hope, if you want hope for this season, then you first and foremost have to have it for the quarterback. If you want hope for the quarterback, you first and foremost have to wish that it is mental, that he's just struggling, that he's just in a slump. I'll repeat that I'm skeptical. I'll repeat that I don't necessarily have that hope. Not for this week, and as a result, not at all, because if he doesn't get it fixed against the Colts, it's never going to be able to turn around so quickly that it's just magically there against the Browns and into the playoffs. Time's ticking. This quarterback is in his own head. But don't take my word for it. Listen to this from his session with us yesterday. That's the job I guess we kind of signed up for was to live under a microscope where every single thing, every step, every word, every throw, is scrutinized really. Um, and, and that's, it is what it is to use a Tomlin as my guess or whoever, but um, you know what, it's at some point, if you want to play this game long enough, when you're, when you physically can't do all the exact same things you you do when you're younger, you have to find a way to be successful and win in other ways. And so for me, it's trying to be mentally strong, trying to figure out mentally, how can I beat a defense or a play and um, there's been times that it's been I feel like it's been really good. There's been times that I, I haven't been as sharp mentally, and um, I need to get more consistent with my play, and that's mentally and physically. And so, uh, I think when I play um, good football mentally and physically, then hopefully that'll trickle down to to everyone else. Understand that the subject matter, as Ben's speaking there, is about nothing more than how he adjusts to age. That was the question that was posed. And he ended up coming back with a little bit of that, a little bit of physical limitations. And then, yeah, did you hear that? That, to me, sounds like exactly what it looks like. A crisis in confidence. This portion of Daily Shot is brought to you by Warrior Alpaca Socks. What makes these socks different is the alpaca fiber used in their construction. It's stronger, softer, far less irritating to the skin, more breathable and warmer than wool. Warrior alpaca socks are also hypoallergenic. And they come in a wide variety of styles and colors, from outdoor work socks to cozy bed socks to lightweight diabetic compression socks. And they all look and feel great. Visit warrioralpacasocks.com and use the code DK to receive 15% off your first order. Again, that's Warrior Alpaca, that's A L P A C A socks.com and code DK just for our podcast listeners. When you see Ben and you hear Ben like that, something's off. And he knows it and he's anything but the type to share that. He'll find his ways to throw hints about it, and that's what I think he did with that response, but he won't come out and directly say it. The question now, of course, is what does he do about it? We have seen, all of us, Ben bounce back in a big, big way after bad performances. We've seen him follow up five interceptions one week with 500 yards the next week. You know exactly what I'm talking about, too, after that Jacksonville game. That was the one where he famously told us in the locker room that, you know, maybe I'm just done. That was his way of pumping himself up, motivating himself, angering himself. He's really good at the latter, by the way. Maybe he'll pull that off again. Maybe he'll take the field. Ah. Uh, with a, you know what? This is it for me. This is my last chance. I am not going down meekly. I'm going to fire the ball. I'm going to commit to the intermediate and deep routes that I know I have to to get the safeties off the line of scrimmage. Unlike Cincinnati, I'm going to do better than one for 12 in passes that travel 10 or more yards. And maybe somehow in his head, he'll take some of the pressure off of himself. Maybe that'll be the thing that loosens him up a little bit. That loosens everybody up around him a little bit. Because when your quarterback is struggling and your quarterback's fighting himself, that's when you start seeing some of the more general weaknesses that we've seen on that offense. That's when it spreads to everybody else, too. Everyone starts doubting themselves. There is not an offense that looks confident with a quarterback who lacks confidence, it does not exist. He's got his work cut out for him. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't think he's going to do it. I'm going to repeat my skepticism on this front. But people are going into this weekend at least trying to manufacture some semblance of hope, if not necessarily optimism. They want to know what the way out of this is. How can the Steelers regain even the feel of a contender after what happened in Cincinnati and after how it happened? The answer is all, all, all inside the number seven helmet. I'll say this it'll be fascinating. To see how it plays out you would like to think that after everything that Ben's achieved in Pittsburgh not just the championships but everything this is the all-time franchise quarterback that he can find a way to lean on some of that to get it back in a big big hurry maybe maybe even in time when we come back just one question back. Today's Just One Question is brought to you on this program, always, by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett Kelly, and George. They represent people who've been hurt in car accidents, who need help with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG take pride in doing what they say they're going to do. It's important to them that when they make you a promise, they keep that promise. This law firm has been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. You can learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. Today's question comes from Dan, who asks, Why was Chase Claypool not targeted more? Is he hurt? You know what's funny, Dan, when I got your question... I had the same thought that you did. I oh, want boy, they really need to be targeting Claypool more. And then to begin making a case, I looked up the the statistics from the Cincinnati game. He had the three catches. He had obviously the one big play down the left sideline. wasn't really a a standard pass and catch kind of play. It was it was more of a, a running play, if you will, the the pitch to the left sideline. He had three catches but he also had eight targets. Now, some of these targets were based on the way Ben was throwing the ball, literally uncatchable footballs. But Claypool was involved in the offense more than I thought he would, more than I thought he was, and apparently more than you thought he was as well. It doesn't mean it's been enough. I understand getting James Washington onto the field. I've been pushing for that all year, James Washington, by the way, three targets in the Cincinnati game, zero of them catches. And if you were paying attention, none of his, including the game ending fourth and 10, were remotely catchable. James had no chance on any of them. That's the nature of the way Ben was throwing the football. But what's happened to Claypool is that he's moved to fourth on the pecking order. And in turn, he hasn't gotten the chances that he would if he was out there on a regular basis. And and that's disappointing. It's, I don't want to keep pounding away at Juju Smith-Schuster because I know that's been low-hanging fruit all week long. But Chase Claypool is a superior wide receiver already at this phase of his career than Juju is. Uh, He's capable of making the big play even on a short pass. He's capable of coming down with the ball well down the field, as we saw earlier this season, a lot. He's capable of creating touchdowns in a lot of different manners. This player, for anybody who doesn't know, was not on the field on the 4th and ten. They kept Vance McDonald out there, uh, almost certainly to block. There'd be really no other reason for it. But when you're, you know, it's 4th and 10. And there were the Bengals basically laughing at the Steelers' offense by bringing everyone except for one guy up to the line of scrimmage. Knowing, knowing that the Steelers could not conceivably throw the football downfield, and that was the one where the Bengals brought heavy pressure, both of their ends. Notably, Carl Lawson got to Ben in a raging hurry. He'd been tormenting Alejandro Villanueva all night long. And they got there and made a Ben sandwich just as he got rid of the ball about six feet over James Washington's head. Claypool wasn't on the field. Claypool wasn't on the field. Um, I don't want to make... Claypool sound like he's a young Randy Moss or something. He has shown his own shortcomings as a rookie. He has failed at times to battle his way off the line of scrimmage, a very underappreciated but nonetheless real part of being an NFL wide receiver, much more so than in college. The coaching staff has implored him to get better at that in order to earn his snaps. It seems to me like he's done that. But this player, he has to be on the football field. You know, this doesn't even strike me as an opinion that I'm sharing here with you. This isn't some, you know, hot take or tough stance. I mean... He is a really, really good football player with a high ceiling. And for an offense that's going absolutely nowhere, you need to be searching for ceilings at any of the 11 spots that you've got allotted for you on the field. He's an unusual talent. Even with the offense stuck the way it is, he was still the one that broke off that big play that ended up leading to a touchdown. He and Deontay Johnson and Benny Snell were pretty much the only three I felt that rose above that seemed immune to whatever is ailing the offense. And they didn't seem to let the quarterback and his problems affect them. But Claypool's 22 years old, and he's out there doing that, and he's not being affected by it. And he's not fumbling. He's not dropping. What are you doing? Randy Feitner, what are you that, Those are 100% his calls. The personnel calls are 100% his. You know how we're always debating, oh, who made that call? Was it Randy? Bad play. Randy, good play. Ben, you don't have to wonder about this. One person is responsible for personnel. Who gets sent out to the huddle? That's Randy Featner. Randy Featner said to himself on 4th and 10, on 4th and freaking 10, with the game set to expire, if there wasn't a first down attained, that he'd rather have Chase Claypool standing on the sideline and Vance McDonald or Juju Smith-Schuster, or any number of other players you could name out there. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. This is why I keep stressing that this isn't all about Ben. Like Ben is the most empowered to turn this around as an individual. But that is not to say that he is the only thing and the only one wrong with this offense? It's a really, really good question, Dan. Thank you for that, and thanks to everybody for listening, and we'll be taking the day off tomorrow, and I hope you do as well, and I hope that you have a, a Merry Christmas and a safe and smart holiday in this most bizarre of years. We don't have much longer to get through this. Let's try to enjoy this one.